I've learned that fear is the driving force in my actions in my life. It was the driving force for me for all those years. And then now with two years of sobriety, I can confidently say that I have to fight tooth and nail against fear to not allow that to dictate my actions today. Welcome to Conversations with Claire. I'm your host, Claire Bates. I'm a movement, nutrition, and mindset coach through my app, Wellness with Claire. Podcast host, coach at The Collective in Austin, Texas, sober alcoholic, brand builder, and competitive hybrid athlete. I've created this podcast to share inspiring stories and have meaningful conversations in hopes that we can create community together to learn and grow. Oh, and I hope to make you laugh. (laughs) Welcome to Conversations with Claire. Let's talk about coaching and how to get from where you are now to where you want to be. Wellness with Claire is my very own coaching platform where I offer personalized meal plans, personalized workout plans based on your goals, accountability through community and weekly group coaching calls, mindset coaching, and tracking features for results. I also offer one-on-one coaching, which gives you full app access, direct access to me via WhatsApp, and 100% accountability with me, including weekly video calls. Wellness is a mental, physical, and spiritual experience. The system works together as a whole, and I'm here to help you live in alignment with your principles and values and actualize a quality of life beyond your current dreams. Check the show notes or the links in bios on socials to find more information about how to get involved with Wellness with Claire today. All right, guys. Today, we are doing things a little bit differently. And full disclosure, I'm genuinely a little intimidated by it, but it feels like an exciting opportunity to get to share in this way. It feels like this every single time I have a guest, but guys, this is my first ever solo episode. I am here in a room by myself talking to a camera and I'm actually really excited about it. It's a little weird. And since this is my first time doing this, I'm not sure how long this is going to go. And that's quite all right because I'm basically talking to myself. (laughs) Okay, so the premise of this episode, the reason I want to do this is because a few days ago, I celebrated two years of sobriety. So this episode is largely just about that journey and the lessons that I've learned and am learning in these two years of sobriety. So I want to preface with that If you listen to this episode and by the end of it, or I mean, right now, you feel that you have questions about your relationship with substances and would like resources for that sort of thing, I would love to be able to be helpful to you. And there are resources for that and communities for that around the world. And so if that speaks to you, I'll probably remind you at the end. But just in case I don't, please feel free to send me a direct message on Instagram is probably the easiest way to get to me, but you could email me 
contact me via Facebook, however you want to get a hold of me. Send me a direct message. And that's on Instagram. It's just at Claire Bay, C-L-A-I-R-E-B-A-Y-S. And I would love the opportunity to speak with you more about that. And there's no shame here. So I'm going to paint a picture of my sobriety date is April 26th, 2021. So let's go back to April 25th, 2021. Not going to spend too much time there. In the very first episode of this podcast, literally episode number one, I think this will be episode like 41. So in the very first episode, I did spend more time on the getting sober experience. And so if you want more of that, you can go there to get more of that. But I think that this is relevant today, or I'm sorry, not today, April 26th, 2023. That morning I was in the sauna and I chose to go back in my camera roll to April 25th, 2021. And I didn't do that at one year sober. But this year at two years, I decided to go ahead and scroll back and take a look. And of course, I see the screenshots of what I expected to see. And to be honest, I'm grateful that I have those. And those were where I was publicly humiliated and because of actions I took. And so I'm not blaming anyone for that. That's what I needed. But an interesting thing happened when I took a look back on that camera roll. And I am looking at footage of me at a Steve Aoki concert. If you had asked me prior to April 26th, 2023, if I had ever been to a Steve Aoki concert, my answer would have been no. I had no idea that I had seen him the day before I got sober. There's footage of him on stage. It doesn't appear to be that far from me. I don't know where I am. Like, I don't know what bar, club, whatever this is at, but I know what city I'm in at least. In the footage, there's video of me with the front facing camera and I'm on a couches table, I don't know, with a bunch of girls that I have no idea who any of these girls are. And I want to paint that picture for you to start because this is an illustration of the fact that that's how my life was. And I drank alcohol for 15 years and went down the road of needing to add on more layers of more substances in order to try to chase this fleeting sensation that things were going to be okay. So being in places that I don't remember with people that I don't remember, just having experiences that I have no recollection of was a very normal part of my life for 15 years. And so I just want to give space to that. And then finally, on April 26th, I wake up and a traumatic public humiliation event occurs. And through that, for the first time, I guess, I certainly can think of other experiences that had happened through my drinking career where something would go on, something would happen. I would come out of a blackout. I would be told something I did. I would remember something. Different events would occur and I would think I would be mortified and it would cause a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear. And I would think you can't do that. Like that's not safe. That's not safe for you. That's not safe for other people. And that was sadly a very frequent occurrence. And then what would happen because I am by definition an alcoholic, I cannot drink like a normal person. Hours, days go by and I begin to believe that I can do it differently and that that was an isolated event and that wasn't okay, but I won't do that again. Then I drink again and then all bets are off and who knows what's going to happen. 
And that's the repeated pattern for those 15 years. So the event occurs. And for the first time, I finally realize that I have to take ownership of my actions. And so what happened the previous night, that morning, those are things that for the first time I was able to go, oh, wow, my actions got me here. I took agency over the situation. Whereas for all those previous years, if drinking was involved, if other substances were involved, then it was due to those things. And that was just a normal thing that happened. And I shouldn't take ownership of the actions because there were substances involved. And so that event flipped the switch for me of actually, I do have responsibility here and I want to progress this forward. So I'll just kind of leave it with that happened. And then, of course, I had to go through the journey of figuring out how I was going to stop my relationship with substances, which was a very terrifying thing for me because I had not lived without them since I was 13. And so the idea that I was going to be able to stop was not something I had much belief in. I started to seek resources and got involved in a recovery community, which absolutely changed my life. And that's why I started this with saying that if that's something that resonates with you, I want to talk to you because I'd love to help you get plugged in somewhere that can help you. But that was where things changed. So then from there, we go into sobriety, right? And I didn't know that I was capable of doing it. I just knew that I was absolutely desperate and willing to take actions that I'd never previously thought that I needed to take. And the amount of humility that showed up was the right dose to make me just willing to do the work. And I'm so grateful for that. And thankfully, there were people that had suggestions because like none of this and what I'm about to go into in the lessons here is I just want to be real clear. These are not Claire ideas. These are things that I have been taught from others and I'm doing my very best to implement in my own life and I'm an imperfect person in doing so. But all of this stuff, I'm going to say a handful of things and phrases that resonate with me and so on. And these are things that I've been taught by others. And so that's what I, when I talk about the community of support and things like that, it's like, and maybe it's not substances for you. There's all sorts of support for all sorts of different things. And maybe it's just some, whether it's a relationship with food or it's a mental health thing or, you know, your fitness journey, whatever. There's so many resources. And this is a great time to plug that literally my app, Wellness with Claire, where I'm your coach, I do once weekly coaching calls with that community there in a group setting. And that's a community for support for the lifestyle that you want to live. So it can look like a lot of different things, but that was what I needed. And so then we get into the work. And so I think from there, I want to kind of say what I've learned. I've learned that fear is the driving force in my actions in my life. It was the driving force for me for all those years. And then now with two years of sobriety, I can confidently say that I have to fight tooth and nail against fear to not allow that to dictate my actions today. So it was very interesting for me to learn that fear actually made my choices for me. I was so afraid of what you thought of me. I was so afraid that I wouldn't be enough or that I would be too much. I was afraid that I would fail. I was afraid that I'd be successful. I was afraid that I would trust you and you would hurt me or that I would do something wrong. I mean, I just fear is in every corner of my life. And if you shine a light in any given little nook and cranny, you're going to find fear there. And so that was a really interesting lesson. And then what I've learned in sobriety is that like, wow, the fear didn't just like go away. I gained awareness of its presence and now have tools to do something about it. 
But that doesn't mean it just dissipated from my reality. It is still a very present part of my life and I have to constantly take a look and go, oh, there you are. Are you serving me? Does this actually make sense for me to allow this fear to dictate the action that I'm going to take? Or do I need to tell that thing to go find somewhere else to live? So I think that that's just very relatable. And just to know that that didn't just go away. (laughs) A lot of these things, they didn't just go away. They just got magnified. (laughs) And uh, but awareness allows you to do something about it. And so that's a pretty cool thing. Another thing I learned in sobriety was that doing things in service of myself exclusively felt extremely empty. And I think I'd had some notion of that before, but to be taught that the most fruitful actions I will ever take will be the ones that are of service to others is profound and exciting because there are opportunities to do that everywhere. And so one of the things I just heard that I have to regurgitate because I loved it so much was there are all of these books out there for self-help. And don't get it twisted. I am a self-help kind of girly pop. I love it. I love the books. I read them all. They're great. I am all for that type of literature, that type of ideology, working on ourselves and the way that we speak to ourselves and all of that is phenomenal. Work on yourself. Stamp of approval. But where are the books about help others? So this some version of that was said recently and I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. So that's one of the things that I was really, really taught were ways to be of service to other people and how profoundly positively impactful that would be to my life. And so the idea of being divinely inconvenienced, because being of service to others is going to feel like an inconvenience. And that's a really tough thing. I'm always looking at how do I optimize my life? How do I do things efficiently? Whatever. And so with that comes, okay, the more I help others, the more I'm spread thin. Oh my gosh, do I have the like ability to do all these things? Am I even going to show up well? I mean, these are like experiences that we're all going to navigate. Like we got relationships to maintain. We got all sorts of stuff to do. And then you want to sprinkle on top of that more service to others. But where does that fit in? But if I don't make sure to prioritize that, I walk away feeling selfish and empty. And so just constantly coming back to the fact that when I'm being asked to be of service to others in some way, that that is a divinely appointed inconvenience and it's something I should really consider saying yes to. So I learned that I needed spirituality and that the concept for all those years, I spent most of my adult life being agnostic, I guess, and just kind of being like, I don't know. And then finally I got sober and like I needed something greater than me. And that really works for me and I really believe in it today. And so I'm still two years into that journey and I don't feel like I have some crystal clear ability to articulate what that looks like, nor do I think that I ever need to have an opinion about what that should look like for you. But it's been transformative in my life to just allow there to be a power greater than me that's running things, not me, and to try to do my best to keep a channel open 
via prayer and gratitude and things like that. So that that way, like the quality of life that I get to live is just so far elevated as a result of that. And so it's very abstract. And for me, that works. That was something that I learned that I needed. So maybe I'll just touch on that in early sobriety, early, early, first few months. A friend of mine was doing the 75 hard program, which is all these, I think it's like seven different tasks that you do every single day. It's a lot. And she had made a mistake on one of her days. And when you do that, you either quote unquote fail the program, don't restart it, whatever, or you restart it. You start back at day zero, you start again, and you go for 75 days straight of all of these actions every single day. And it takes up a good bit of energy each day. So part of it is don't drink alcohol. So I had seen the program. It's from Andy Frisella, the CEO of First Form, which I work with First Form. I'm a big fan of him and what they do. And so I had seen the program for years and been like, well, I drink alcohol. So that takes me out of that one. Then she had this occur and I was like, oh, oh my gosh, I could do that now. And so it was perhaps divinely appointed (laughs) that that occurred. And it gave me this task list every single day when I was in early sobriety and I did not know what to do with my hands because in early sobriety, it's hard (laughs) and you have all this new energy and you have no idea what to do with it. And it gave me somewhere to stick a lot of it. And so I had all these actions I had to take every single day for 75 days straight. And it was a wonderful way to give me purpose early in. And so that was something that was really positively impactful for me. And I actually hear May 1st, Monday, which by the time this comes out, that'll be May 2nd. But that doesn't mean that you can't get involved at that point. That just means that you don't get the prizes, but you still would get to be able to participate in the challenge itself. But so I've got a 30 day challenge, the 1% better every day challenge. And it's a it's there's five daily tasks that I'm asking everyone to do. And it's similar to that challenge, but different in that some of the actions are the same and some of them are different. So if that speaks to you and you need to get involved in some sort of community that's going to help support your lifestyle heading in a certain direction, then that might be a really great thing to take a look into. But I think that that was another helpful thing because you need something to strive towards. Like you need something to work towards. I think that's really important as a human all the time. Always having a goal in mind. Like there's something that you're working towards. And so that was it for me at that time. And and I chose to work towards a hundred mile race on a bike. And that was a journey. I was doing 50, 60, 70, 80 miles every single Saturday with a whole crew of people. And it was such a cool experience to just continue to get uncomfortable. And maybe that leads me to the next point, which is that I've learned that discomfort is where I want to hang out a lot and that being comfortable is no bueno. And so seeking ways to be uncomfortable, to be put in rooms that challenge me, to be around people that challenge me and inspire me and to take actions like getting in the cold plunge every morning now and just things that are going to make me uncomfortable being willing to do that stuff, doing the workout with the athletes that are more fit than I am and just doing my very best. Like all of those things are things that positively impact my quality of life. And I really want to do those things as frequently as possible. I mean, life is meant to be lived. And the idea that we'll just go mindlessly through the actions and do the doom scroll, which we all do, including me, of you get sucked into whatever social media and then 30 minutes later you pop your head out and you're like, I didn't even, how did I even get there? I didn't even want to be there. Or another great one is the Netflix situation of you start consuming a show and you think that that's because you like, you need to relax. Like you've had a stressful day, stressful week, whatever. And so 
okay, now I'm going to take an action that's going to calm me down. I'm going to do something relaxing finally. And maybe that truly is relaxing for you. But for me, often what that does is actually cause more anxiety for me. And so it's not a productive use of my energy for me. And so I will still occasionally get on Netflix and I will still consume movies and things like that. So I'm not demonizing those things, but it's a good check-in to be aware of like the actions that I'm taking whenever I feel like I need restful downtime. Do I walk away from those actions feeling like I took time that was restful and restorative? Or do I walk away with more anxiety and it didn't actually do anything good for me? And maybe I need to look at my options there. And if I want to take rest, recovery, restorative time, then maybe is a better use of that going for a way casual walk or reading a physical book or calling somebody that I love and asking them how they're doing. Those feel restorative to me. So like I said, these are just things that I've picked up, that I've been taught, that are working for me. And that doesn't mean perfection because I'm still cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs over here. (laughs) Uh, But things are a lot better and a lot more peaceful today than they certainly were two years ago. They were anything but peaceful then. So I think a, a couple of other things is that these past two years I've learned that I'm still going to make wrong decisions, bad decisions, and I'm still going to hurt people that I love in sobriety. And so I guess just like understanding that like getting sober doesn't mean that life is suddenly perfect. Like I still screw up. And something that comes to mind there is is navigating relationships through sobriety. And I lived in Oklahoma where I'm from for the first year of my sobriety and then I moved away. and maintaining relationships for me was overwhelming and challenging. And I've noticed I have a trend where if something is not going well, I would rather look the other direction and just like hope it fixes itself, goes away. I don't know. And that's not usually how that seems to work out. So usually then in relationships specifically, resentment builds. And then there's some, if they care enough, then they'll communicate to you that you've done something wrong. And so that's been an interesting one for me of having to really like take a look at my actions and all these things and recognize that like if I do care about people, then I really need to like find ways to show up and knowing that like in sobriety, I'm still going to do it wrong sometimes. And that right there is a perfect example of awakening to behaviors that I was asleep to for a long time. Like two years from now, gosh, can you guys imagine I don't think I have all the answers right now at all. I'm just sharing because it feels like some cool stuff has been learned here. But I'm so excited about what's going to be learned over the next two years. And I have full faith that it's going to be like hard and it's not going to be comfy and I'm going to make mistakes. And it's just going to happen. But the perspective will be greater. And hopefully with that will come the ability to positively impact, which is ultimately the mission of this whole thing. And so awakening to behaviors that I've been asleep to has been another really powerful one and how those impact me and how those impact people that I love or those behaviors that I want to carry forward in life. The way that I interact with people that I love, the way that I interact with strangers for so many years, I would say I was somebody that would flirt with the wall. I mean, I just so desperate for everybody to love me that I'd do whatever, entertain you. I'm a clapping monkey. What you want me to do? And so recognizing now at least and still working on that actively today, 
But like, is the action that I'm taking in that situation, in that room, whatever, is that respecting myself? Like the clapping monkey, or she, is she being respectful of self and her own energy? Is she being respectful of the people that she does care for? Things like that, that like you want to talk about a sleep to actions, a sleep to it. Dead. I mean, I don't even know. I was coma to those things. And so just becoming aware of those things now has just been such a cool opportunity to start to take actions that are better. And I think that's what like all of this is, is just like you get the opportunity to make different decisions anytime that you so choose. And if you decide that that thing isn't serving you anymore, that action, that behavior, that whatever, like you don't have to keep doing it. And it doesn't have to be a part of you. It can be a part of your past and you don't live there anymore. And so you get to walk forward as the version of yourself that you choose to be. And if you consistently show up as that version and that version is an improved one, you'll become a more attractive and peaceful person in what I've seen from watching others. And in my experience, certainly the peaceful piece of it. Not peaceful all the time, not perfect all the time because left to my own devices, I'm restless, irritable, and discontent. (laughs) That was interesting to learn. But I have answers to that now. I can get on my knees and I can pray and ask to be shown ways to show up for other people. And that's just some powerful stuff. So I think from there, I'll really just kind of get towards wrapping that the things that I've learned here, like being human is like hard (laughs) and it's hard work and it's hard work for everybody. And nobody's exempt from that and nobody does it perfectly. And So just giving space to the fact that one, it's hard work. It's going to be hard work. So you signed up for hard work and being human, you signed up for hard work. So like get on board with that and get to work. And then understand for me, a large part of like in these two years, my life has transitioned dramatically. Like I was in a completely different career and lived in a different state. Like life has changed in beautiful and wonderful ways. And I'm still scared all the freaking time. And am I doing it right? I've made so many freaking mistakes, especially, I mean, like professionally, gosh, guys, I leaped into a new career. I started spending a bunch of money. I did all sorts of like, I made all sorts of mistakes, but it feels purpose driven and I will figure it out. Like I'm a resilient human who will learn from those things and continue to do the very best to show up and care about other people and work hard. And like, it's, that works itself out. So yeah, I think knowing you signed up for hard work is important. And even being in a relationship now in sobriety, we're both sober and in recovery. And that has been such a gift to be able to learn alongside another person and be given the space to be human and give them the space to be human and understand that my version of logic and their version of logic are not identical. And... That person has just done such an incredible job of loving me so well. And then here, guys, here's the fear. Then I'm still, because of past experiences, because I don't know, I still have fear that the other shoe's going to drop, that the ground's going to just open up underneath me and suck me in. You know, I don't know. I still have to fight all the time that fear that for some reason something's going to happen because I don't control this other person. And that's the truth. I don't. I never will. But yet I have this partnership today with Eric that is just beautiful. And I could not be more grateful for him and the way that he chooses to show up in life and for me. And God, that's been the coolest gift of sobriety. And I can promise you that wouldn't have happened if I wasn't here, if I wasn't sober. So 
lessons baked in there of now trying to navigate a relationship in a way that I've never done before that's actually supportive to the relationship and trying to show up as the best partner I can and truly support him and allow myself to be supported by him. Gift, 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 gift. Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. So from there, I think all I really can think of other than that, I mean, I'm sure I could just go on with who knows what, but one of the other biggest things that these past two years have taught me is to seek support and allow other people to help you to listen more, which the irony of that is I'm sitting here doing a solo episode is, but allowing yourself to receive aid from other people, seeking aid from people who you think have something to offer. Like they've got something going on with their lives that like, you're like, oh, I want to do that. I want to be like that, whatever. Profoundly positively impactful. And so I think that that's just another gift of this whole past couple of years is really looking at, okay, what are the areas of life that I want to improve? And is it wise for me to find a coach, find a mentor, find a therapist, speak to people that I feel like can support that and allowing myself to receive that support and then also trying to shout for those people in return has just been really cool. So I think that about wraps my solo episode of lessons learned within the last two years of sobriety. I can't believe it's been two years. I'm so glad I went back and looked at that footage from two years ago because it's really easy to get distant enough from things that you forget what life was like. And it's just this like, like my life is like so good now and I'm still scared and don't have it all figured out. And But it's beautiful. It's so good. It's crazy. And so then to be able to take a look back to the the two year ago version and be like, holy shit, that's what it was like two years ago. And what I saw in that footage that I'm probably going to post um, is like this lost girl. Like I just, she was lost. She was looking for love. She was trying to show love and she was just lost as all get out. And thankfully life doesn't feel like that today. Anyway, I hope that there have been nuggets baked into this that have been useful. And I appreciate you choosing to be here and spend your time with me in this way. It means a lot to me. And I'm excited about the opportunity. Like, I don't know what this is going to look like over time. You know, I wasn't planning to be a podcaster. I wasn't planning to be a content creator. I wasn't planning to be a coach. Um, And it all feels like an absolute gift. I'm so excited to get to be a partner to such a badass partner today. I'm so excited about the idea that I get to coach people, like coaching these women, which is largely I'm working with women right now and some men, but largely women and working with them on their relationships with food and the way that they speak to themselves and just building in all of these positive habits and these lifestyle changes that they just get like empowered by getting to coach movement, coach people through movement. All of these things are just like, I get to do this? <laughs> are you kidding me? But it makes me crave more. You know, this coaching thing has been an absolute delight and I am so eager to do more of it. And I'm also so eager to receive more coaching. I love being coached and being coachable is such a thing, guys. You like that oof, is a tough one, but a really good one. And so seeking more education. Another thing I've like really been on a kick with is physical book reading. And I just realized that I 30, almost 31 years of age now, 
if I read a book, like a physical book every day, just a few pages at least every day, I'm going to read so many books. And I think about the people that inspire the hell out of me. And those people, they read books. And so the idea that like I can hammer through that through the course of life and like really gain some awareness from the pages is just a really exciting thing. I don't know. I could go on and on. Like I said, I'm grateful that you've chosen to be here. I'm excited to do this thing alongside you. I do want to support you in whatever ways that I can. So if there are specific things, whether it's nutrition or movement or sobriety or anything that you think I could potentially be a resource and point you to a resource for, I've got a newsletter. I mean, all of that and try to, I always try to include in there resources to other things that I'm consuming from other people's perspectives that are helpful to me. And so all of that stuff, I want to get to know you guys. And I'm excited about more opportunities to do more stuff in person. I love in-person events like you wouldn't believe. And so, yeah, I want to meet you. I want to hang out with you. I'm stoked to get to do this thing. Cheers to two years sober and uh, looking forward to more. So that, I suppose, is a wrap. I suppose I should keep. I'll keep it. At the end of every episode, I always ask each guest three things they're grateful for on that day. And then I say it as well. So let's keep that because it's a good one. And so three things that I am grateful for today. I've just said it, you know, so many different things, but I'm grateful for this space. The fact that I get to utilize this space to do this is something that's really, really cool. Squatch Frontier Fitness, they have a radio room and I am in that currently. And the fact that they have this space with this beautiful footage and audio and that Yash has been so helpful with the podcast. I'm grateful for all of that. I am grateful for physical fitness and all these other people that are so into it that inspire the heck out of me just before this, which I literally, my knees are probably dirty and there's probably chalk on my face. But <laughs> I was over at Yakarhu CrossFit right before this doing a workout with their competitor crew on Saturday mornings. And it's so much fun and they inspire me. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to do fitness with people over there who, who do inspire me. And I am grateful for where this is all headed. I don't know where it's headed. I can't believe we got here. <laughs> but it's been a really cool ride so far and it's going to be a really cool ride so f- or going forward. And from my perspective, I'm just going to understand that God's leading the way and I'm just going to do the best to take the actions that are inspired by him. And there will be details in the show notes about where you can find me on socials and the newsletter and all that good stuff. So it's all there my coaching, et cetera. And other than that, I hope to hear from you and I hope that you have a beautiful day.